for marketing. Welcome to The Technical Marketer, where marketers become engineers. I'm Matt Landers. And I'm Will Johnston. And what a fun little slip up we just had. We're going live <laughs> on the wrong page. Uh, shit happens. <laughs> it does. So uh, if you enjoyed that, you've already seen part of this. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's get this kicked off. So excited to get into the results of this week's campaign. But let's start out with this week's tip of the week, news info research we found what is it this week yeah so this week we uh found uh, some research that was done by mailchimp so mailchimp is a huge email marketing platform um so they analyzed all of their email system-wide emails looked at the subject line and determined what words are effective or ineffective for open rate right so they analyzed 57 million different emails in this uh, particular bit of research, and they came up with four different positive keywords and four different negative keywords. So let's start out with the, the bad. Okay. Uh, so canceled is kind of an obvious one that you might Right, anticipate. so you canceled a service yeah. or whatever. Uh, something interesting, last chance is has a lower open rate, so... You can right. think, well, that might be the last email that somebody's getting. Why right, so if you were part of this? a campaign sending, and this is kind of the, the thing you might run in with data. You may say, oh, I'm never going to say last chance in an email again. Mm -hmm. But that, I don't know that you can necessarily interpret the data that way just because by the time you send a last chance email, it's <laughs> likely that you've sent a bunch of emails that didn't work yeah. already. So the likelihood that it's opened is pretty low. Yep. Um, uh, so what are the other ones? Two other words, helping and donate. So that's, that's kind of funny, but... Uh, <laughs> Very philanthropic. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, not if you're begging you. somebody to donate, maybe yeah. they're like, well, you know, I'm not really into that right now, so... But people seem to, seem to open the ones that say, hey, I've got a million dollars for you if you just yeah. sign the, here. You know. Why are your the money? The Saudi prince. <laughs> so, um, so what were the positive keywords? The positive keywords are free, freebie, thank you, and urgent. So there was one, I mean, thank you, you could, you probably just bought something. Maybe there's a mm -hmm. receipt in it or something, so that's likely to be open. Urgent, I guess that would work. It doesn't really work on me sometimes. I mean, that's Usually just that another email. You're spam. always trying to, to create a sense of urgency right, yeah. for your emails when you're marketing. Right. So. But the fun one in this is free versus freebie. Yeah. So free uh, and freebie seem like the same thing, yeah. but potentially people see free things that are free all the time, and so they don't really trust it. They think it's more of an ad, but freebie, maybe they think it's some small piece of a larger or product just, that they're getting or something like that, so they're more inclined to click on it. Yeah, it's weird. So free and freebie were both positive, but free only had a 2% increase while freebie had over a 20% increase. I thought that was kind of bizarre that they were that close together and mm -hmm. just a drastic difference in the open rate. So, But it's good to, uh, you know, various email marketing tools, MailChimp included, let you see the open rate of your emails. And this is a statistic that you really want to pay attention to. You want to pay attention to open rate and click-through rate. Uh, usually your email should have a call to action and you want to measure how many people actually clicked 
on the link that you have. Right, so how many opened it, how many people clicked through it, mm -hmm. and how many people bought. And so. then you can determine what effective taglines you have. Right. <clears throat> so that's our little bit of news for the week. And now let's get into my favorite part of the broadcast. I guess that's what this is. Um, and where we go over the results of the campaign that we ran last week. So the whole point of this is that we're building this podcast from the ground up. And you guys get to follow along and see what we're doing to try to drive uh, interest and traffic to it. So for the last week, we're really getting these great results. I don't know if it has to do with our name, the logo, or what, but our page-like results are insane. So we're just uh, going to continue doing that. I think that. it's my face. Everyone loves looking at my face. <laughs> well, unfortunately, your face is not in the ad that I'm running. Okay, so. well, it should be. It's just the, our name with the little robot guy, and where I'm targeting <laughs> the audience is pretty, uh, pretty specific to people that I know are marketers. So I have like four different and scenarios in there. Yeah. Uh, and we're only paying a dollar a page like, which I've ran a lot of page like campaigns for other companies, and that's really low. So we're just going to continue to do that. We got 336 page likes uh, over the last week. And then the other campaign that we're running is for podcast views, really the Facebook Live views, the video that you're watching right now, and getting people to engage with that. So when we did it on the first week, the audience, uh, you know, Facebook audience wizardry, we only ran it to cold traffic because we had no... Yeah, we didn't have we any didn't have, remarketing audience. Yeah, zero people had seen us before. Yeah. So after that, we had 30,000 views. Now I had 30,000 people that I could go target to try to watch the next video. So in our podcast views campaign, we did our cold audience because we still haven't hit every mm -hmm. digital marketer in the country yet. <laughs> um, but we also had a remarketing ad set as well. So we had two ad sets, one campaign, two ad sets. Uh, and there were some interesting results about that. While the views cost the same amount, uh, the watch time was 10% more for people that we remarketed to. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, I, I guess it's because they've they're seen us before. They're a little more familiar. They yeah. know what they're getting. So they're like, hey, we're going to stick this out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch 10% more. Yeah, just 10%. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll get them to go another 10%. That would be great. That's the goal. That, <laughs> yeah. That's the ultimate I mean, goal. that is the goal, right? So people, when they see somebody the first time, skeptical, you know, but they see somebody again and again and again. The more that you see somebody, the more you just feel this comfort about what you're saying, mm -hmm. starting to build trust with the people you're talking to. And hope you guys trust us. We're just here to talk to you and tell you what we're learning on the way. So. And really, you can continue to use Facebook to hone your remarketing audience and your cold traffic and see if you need to, okay, now we can expand our cold traffic audience to hit a new demographic that we weren't hitting before. Those yeah, re things. real quick, I was listening to a another podcast by digitalmarketer.com, mm -hmm. Perpetual Traffic, and they were talking about how the algorithm for Facebook is getting you know, more advanced, where they can run something to a very specific audience, and as they get some traction, they can remove all the interests, and mm -hmm. Facebook can start to figure out you know, that I know what the type of people you're looking for, and you don't even need the interest anymore, and they started to see better results from not targeting but only after they had like generated. Yeah, that's after a while. Yeah, after they've reiterating, kind of taught Facebook what yeah. the people are going after. So that was interesting. We're going to definitely play with that in the future. Our audience isn't nearly that big right now, so I'm not going to play around with that. But they spend tons of money testing these things. So another thing I want to bring up, uh, last week when we were doing our podcast, we had some people ask us, 
how do they know which platform to advertise on? So the, the two big platforms, Google and Facebook, uh, most people are can be confused about, well, should I spend money on Facebook or Google? What does it mean to advertise on both of those platforms? Right, so when you're advertising on Facebook, you're hitting someone who's not necessarily in the act of buying something. Yeah. So you've got to have a message that you can resonate with them, that you're going to you know, really have something to make them stop in their news feed, stop in whatever blog they're reading, wherever they're seeing that ad. Yeah, it's more They want to know more about it. Yeah, it's super passive. They're not in the act of buying, but when somebody's on Google and they search for something, they are actively looking to buy something. In yeah, they're that looking, they're in the time of need. Right. They saw, a, like we've said before, we, they saw a mouse run across the floor and they're like, I need an exterminator right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you sat and just said, hey, you need an exterminator, need an exterminator on Facebook. Or I need a pizza right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that could actually work on Facebook too. <laughs> You could have pass. I mean, if I saw well, a great so pizza on Facebook, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> we wrote an article that discusses this, and honestly, the at the end of the day, you kind of need to try both, unless you are very certain that your business is only geared towards one type of sale. Yeah, most people can at least do passive. Yeah, um, there was one that I uh, spoke to over the last few weeks. I met with the CEO of a company, and they do moving. So if you think about moving, you only move once every few years at most, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so having a Facebook campaign to say, hey, when you're ready to move in the next few years, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget about us. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not super you know, effective. So they really only, a moving company can only use AdWords. Yeah. But the, the intent to move is so great at that. You don't search for moving company except for when you're ready to move. Exactly. Right? So there are other uh, platforms outside of Facebook and Google that you can advertise on, um, you know, apart from LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, which are right. other social platforms. There are review sites like Yelp uh, that a lot of different businesses definitely benefit. Like if you're a fitness gym or a restaurant, yeah, definitely restaurants, uh, things that people typically go to Google and search for. You know what is the best restaurant in LA? Right. They'll the first link is going to be Yelp, and if you are running ads on Yelp, you're going to be up there with the top spot. And, and you can offer discounts and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways. But I also saw, saw a stat this week about online advertising spend, and between Google and Facebook, it's they encompass 85 percent of all online advertising spend. That's a lot. Not a huge monopoly. So yeah, and currently Google is way higher, but Facebook is growing faster. Right. Yeah, I think Google uh, grew in the single digits over the last year, and mm -hmm. Facebook was over twenty percent in the last year. So that's going to be a good battle to see what happens there. And I mean, we use Facebook primarily because we're not we don't really have any intent to find our podcast. <laughs> well, and also even outside of the uh, this just search ads right you have the display network right. but the difference between the display network and facebook is facebook has the behavior targeting that can be much more honed in because of the facebook platform right exactly so facebook the thing about facebook is they know way more about you than google does mm -hmm. so they can target people that they think are interested in the things that um you know and that's why it's growing right, yeah. faster than google and google's and also 
a lot higher. So their growth rate can't necessarily be as, right. as high as When you had 100%, <laughs> you can only go down. Yeah. <laughs> so don't think that you should never advertise on Google just because Facebook is yeah, growing. You should use them all. Um, and Amazon's actually growing fast. So. so another part of this blog post that we wrote uh, is about sort of the starter kit for advertising online. Yeah, so what platform should you advertise on, and then what platforms do you need to do something with that advertisement that you did, right? Mm -hmm. Now, so at, at The Technical Marketer, we've used Drip, um, the basics, right? We've used Drip for emails. Uh, we use Pipedrive as a sales CRM. Um, Hotjar. Hotjar. Hotjar is a little bit more in-depth just to get started. Really, Drip, Pipedrive, some way to connect them. We use Zapier. Uh, is an easy way. Right. So it's really, you got to go out there and figure out what's your email. I mean, the, you definitely need an email system, right? I mean, yeah, almost everyone needs that. If you get a lead, if you, even somebody buys something from you and they give you their mm -hmm. email address, email is still the number one way to convert a customer. Yeah. So, and you want a tool that's going to make it really easy for you to collect emails, right? And collect then, emails and send email campaigns. And then you want a CRM. Mm -hmm. So you get an email for a lead then you want to know how am I going to put them through the funnel of getting a sell. So something needs to track that for you because you know digital can only go so far in a lot of different businesses, and somebody's got to be able to track what part of the sales process are they in. And you got HubSpot, PipeDrive, you know, a lot of different options for uh, for that. Yeah. So we use PipeDrive. PipeDrive has they call them pipelines, and you might have a deal in a pipeline. So this deal is worth whatever your product is worth, and you're trying to push someone through the pipeline to eventually purchase your product. Right. And, you know, honestly, with our site, The Technical Marketer right now, not a whole lot of uh, pushing through the pipeline because we're not trying to sell you anything. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, there's no sales process going on right now. It's just uh, free content. But what we do want to do is to be able to bring people in and collect email addresses so that when we post a new blog post or whenever we have some new um, value that we can bring to you, we can bring it to the people who are most interested in it as soon as we do it. So Yeah, so we'll be getting a lot of value out of Drip, which right. Drip does a, a couple of things really well. It um, has a variable form input, so you can just send any data to Drip and it will create a contact for you. And then you can set up campaigns, so I want to send these four emails out as part of a campaign. You can also tag people and say, okay, I want to send an email to everybody who's on the newsletter or something like that. Right. So that's, that's more what we'll be using with the technical marketer. Yeah, and so the, the thing that we're going to be doing, so each week we're doing different types of campaigns and figuring out how can we drive more interest and traffic to this podcast. So you're watching it right now, which is great. So we've already <laughs> got you in. You're an easy one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are going to have to be pulled in in different ways. So this week, what we're going to focus on is driving traffic and then converting that traffic into leads. So first of all, let's talk about driving traffic. So when you're on Facebook and you're going to run an ad or on Google or whatever, uh, you want to drive them to something that's interesting, but not necessarily salesy. So there's yeah. different types of you, know, you need the valuable content right. first and foremost. And that's what we're doing with the blog posts that we write. We're trying to create content that you can come consume quickly and get some value out of it and implement it in your marketing campaigns so that's one thing and then what most people do is they put a newsletter sign up on their blog or mm -hmm. wherever and they expect people just to sign up and 
you know, yeah. start receive emails. And sometimes that works, uh, and sometimes you have to be a little bit more aggressive. Right. And we haven't done anything to this point to drive traffic to our blog or to our website. Our website's really just a blog. So mm -hmm. we haven't gotten very many newsletter signups at all. In fact, uh, everyone that has signed up, I know personally. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have any traffic there. We're, we're running these podcasts and we're running the Facebook Live stuff, but we haven't driven anybody to the actual site. So yeah. this week, our goal is to start running people to the blog posts that we have that we think are high value and that we've talked about in these podcasts. So we're going to run uh, people to things about audiences and remarketing and driving traffic so that if you've seen this and you see that blog article in your newsfeed, then you're going to be more likely to click on it. And then when you get there, we need to convert those people into email addresses so that we continue to have that conversation with them mm -hmm. and have more of a personal conversation. So it's not enough, like we said, to have just a newsletter sign up. What are some things that we can do so that it's more compelling to give yeah. us your email address? So uh, that's what they call a lead magnet. So a lead magnet is a sort of a valuable piece of content that you use to get someone's email address. So where a blog post, you can send somebody to a blog post, they can read it, and then after the fact give you their email, maybe if they wanna sign up for the newsletter. A lead magnet would be, give us your email and we'll send you some piece of content. Right. So it's like, give us your email, we'll send you a million dollars. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect. Should work great. My mom will sign up for that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, whenever you're asking somebody for their email address, you need to make sure that whatever you return to them is valuable. Yeah, it's valuable. You don't so, want them to say, to think they're getting something that they're not. Because right. once they open up whatever your lead magnet is, if it looks like some cheesy sales process that you've just stuck them into, they're really gonna devalue your right. company. So let's talk about what some of these lead magnets look like, and we'll dig into lead magnets you know, in the future a lot more mm -hmm. depth. Let's just go over some of the types of lead magnets that there are. And everyone that is watching this right now, or even if you've been on the internet, you clicked any ad unknowingly or whatever, you've seen these lead magnets. So let's talk about yeah. what they are. Yeah, so a couple of uh, basic ones, you can have a checklist. Uh, that would mean, you know, maybe you have, well, for us, we're going to do an audience checklist. Right. Um, so we're going to do a, when we finish this, we're going to publish something. So we, when you go to create your Facebook audience, you can go through this checklist and this worksheet and say, I want them to have these attributes and make sure that whenever you're creating them, that you're thinking about all the things that make a great audience. Uh, which is very valuable because if you mess up, then you're going to waste money sending your ads to people who aren't interested or you're going to make your audience too small and mm -hmm. it's going to cost you a lot more or you're going to make it too broad and, it's gonna, and you're going to send it to people who aren't relevant. Another lead magnet that I really uh, do like is a quiz or survey. So you can use that. Sometimes you might just do a fun survey to see you know, if people are interested in taking it but other <laughs> yeah, times BuzzFeed. yeah like if you're buzzfeed just uh, you know, what take... uh, star wars character are you most like yes well, no what's your star wars lightsaber color that's my yeah favorite. or you know what's your <laughs> i've done all of them so they have all my information they can trap me anywhere what's your hogwarts house <laughs> uh all these different Gryffindor, things duh. <laughs> uh i'm a ravenclaw so of course you are the <laughs> You look a little bit light, Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Slytherin. You don't even know Harry Potter. Star Wars. So the, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
anyway, don't know the story about. I'm actually anyway, proud of that. All of that aside, <laughs> um, he's a little bit old for Harry Potter. But yes, for a quiz and survey, what you can also do is you can pre-qualify leads to, you know, are they going to enjoy your product or service? So, uh, you know, if you have something like you're a school, you might want to offer some logic quiz or something like that to tell if somebody has the aptitude to actually take a quiz. Yeah, or just say, hey, do you have what it takes to be X? Mm. That's a great quiz. It really draws them in. You can get them with a tagline. You can make them take the quiz and only give them their results through the email. Then you get the email. You can see the results and know if there's somebody you want to target or not after yeah. that, right? Uh, and then a lot of times you see like a guide or a report or an ebook. Yeah, a guide. And this is the interesting thing paper. about guides is if you're writing content all the time, like you have this blog, you're constantly writing articles, you can write themed articles and maybe put them into a series and then you can create a all-encompassing guide that is basically a rehash of all these articles. So right. you don't have to create brand new content for this. Yeah, that's what's really interesting uh, to see some people do is when they, when if you can consistently be creating content, you can turn a lot of that into a lot of these lead magnet, magnets mm -hmm. by being able to download them. So uh, there's also things like if you're a software product, a free trial. Yeah, a free trial or a demo video, something like that. Right. Uh, there's discount clubs. Yeah. So, like, give us your email address and we'll email you coupons throughout the month or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of different ways to choose what a lead magnet is, but the key here is that your newsletter is not that compelling. <laughs> so, for me to say I'm going to sign up just so I can get spammed by you is not, not great. So, yeah. So, what we're going to do this week is we're going to create a lead magnet, drive some traffic, and try to get some contacts into our drip. Uh, campaign. Right. So if you're watching this right now, you will definitely see that coming across your feed <laughs> or in a blog or somewhere and to that effect. Uh, click on it. It will be valuable. It will help you to make sure that you create audiences on Facebook correctly and to make sure that you're not wasting money doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, so look for that in your feed and we're going to run that, probably run a few hundred dollars to it, see what type of results we get and we'll come back to you with that. So. That's what uh, this week was all about, driving traffic, converting that traffic into leads, and we're going to run those and bring it back to you, and we look forward to bringing those results to you, and we will see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>